1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by
0: insurance.
2: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network.
0: What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of 8-Bit Suplex. So happy to drop in here on another episode. And I'm going to do a kickflip over here to my co-host, Sandy Gavaria. Sandy, how are you today?
1: Hey, Josh. I'm good. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in for this week's episode. I am excited to be here for some more action on impact and video games, the things we love the most. I do want to let you know that this episode today is uh, in support from uh manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over the technology development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience thank you so much and they are supporting our podcast please check them out online Uh, i don't know if you guys recall from last week we actually have a great promo going on where you can get the aew all out pay-per-view paid for from the social social suplex network sorry about that Um, If you make a purchase online, enter the promo code SUPLEX, you can receive 20% off of your order and free shipping. And, of course, if you send us a confirmation of the order to socialsuplex at gmail.com, you will also receive all out on us. So check it out. You guys still have a couple of days left. And let us know how you like Manscaped.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great deal. Great products, uh, especially if, you know, we're in the tail end of summer here. So definitely, uh, you know, I recommend checking out the at least very least for those of us down here in the south uh the crop preserver uh, product uh it is uh the key to make sure that uh, you're not walking like a penguin um but <laughs> <laughs> moving on from that uh, you know uh, i kind of buried the lead a little bit uh tonight we are going to talk about uh tony hawk's pro skater and kind of the impact that that had on the gaming industry but before we do that we had to talk about a different kind of impact and that's impact wrestling uh we had a pretty pretty interesting episode this week sandy um we're coming off of emergence. We're trying to set up kind of the road to uh, bound for glory, if you will. Um, and so, you know, before we get into the the card a little bit, what were your kind of overall talking points, overall thoughts of the show here?
1: Uh, I thought it was a very easy to watch episode this week. It was. It felt more more relaxed, like you mentioned. You know, they're. Uh, you said on the road. Let's not steal AEW's thing. Gosh, they're they're on their on their <laughs> journey to. Um, bountiful gl- Glory coming up soon so we're setting up the storyline, setting up the feuds, kind of continuing still for what we saw uh, from Emergence and even anniversary there's so, several feuds that are still continuing from then and um, just trying to see where they're going in the future. Um, very easy fun, I thought it was a very fun show to watch, not very wrestling heavy, it was more promo just kind of getting those storylines out there uh, which, you know, I can appreciate that they, they want these long stories to play out and I can appreciate that
0: effort. Yeah, you know, we had a, an, a, an interesting situation where, you know, after Emergence Night 2, pretty much all the, the feuds that were kind of, for the most part, set up, they kind of finished them off at, throughout Emergence. They got a set up coming in here um, for, uh, like like you said, the we'll use Journey since Road 2 is also used in Japan for New <laughs> Japan Wrestling. So we'll come up with right. our own term. We'll, we'll just say the Journey to Bound for Glory, um, you know, it was it was a very backstage heavy, very Wrestle House heavy uh, episode, and we'll get into can maybe be kind of why it is a heavier episode for Wrestle House. Um, but you know, kicking off, uh, we have uh, the match that we were told about that we were getting um, last week, and that is uh, Sammy Callahan who challenged RVD uh, to a match to show who the better man was. Uh, and so we have uh, Did it? second second week. Did it go?
2: Or, It didn't.
0: We'll get to that. And and I actually my 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 notes spell out exactly what I think about the end of the match. Um, But you know, second week in a row, we're kicking off with uh, with uh, you know, Mister 420 himself, uh, Rob Van Dam, and of course accompanied by Katie Forbes. Uh, What did you think about the action here, Sandy?
2: Um,
1: this was a very uh, Katie Forbes heavy match. I was the interference.
0: My my very first my very first note was lots of Katie Forbes.
1: <laughs> yeah, very Katie Forbes heavy. Um, one of the, my big complaints, and we'll kind of get a little bit more into this match. I think, well, I mean, not too much.
2: <laughs> it's right. that
1: why was Live allowing Katie to do all these things? She was so involved in the match. Uh, every every few seconds, every few spots, she was there. She was getting involved. She was, um, uh, quote unquote, helping RVD because a lot of the times it even failed, and Sammy yeah. was able to get the upper hand regardless. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it was it was an okay
0: match. I mean, it, it was there. It, it was a match, um, and I think that's probably uh, the best way to describe it. We talked about how much fun we had watching Rob Van Dam last week, um, and I think that we are not going to say that this week. And we are yeah. the positive. We are we are the positivity podcast here on this network, so we're not going to dwell on the negative. Uh, you know, we we did of course get to see you know, some of your your vintage Rob Van Dam moves. We did see the split like moonsault. We did see Rolling Thunder. Of course, it was reversed uh, by Sammy. Um, and yeah, I mean, Katie Forbes is just all over this match. Um, there was one part, like you mentioned, where she asked Rob Van Dam for a kiss on the apron, which of course led to Sammy Callahan getting the upper hand in the match. And then, uh, yeah, and they, I mean, she interferes probably seven more times. I did. I stopped counting because it was that bad. And-
1: it was too much. Now, Josh, I know you and I, when we started the podcast, is when we really started to get into impact. Do we know why Sammy Callahan is, is wanting this feud with do we Did do, do we miss some, some previous stuff, some background there? This did, yeah, this
0: happened on episodes previous uh, to uh, when we started covering this, you know, before we started this podcast. Um, and, and best of my knowledge is Sammy Callahan answered the open challenge to Eddie Edwards. Rob Van Dam interfered. Um, and I, they had some bad blood going before that, but then Sammy back at uh, Slammiversary was involved in a different feud. But, you know, there's a lot of bad blood between Sammy and, and Rob. Um, and yeah. then there's there's a, a a really funny gif going around from when Rob Van Dam uh, actually jumped Sammy Callahan on the ramp. And Rob Van Dam is just beating the piss out of him. And, and the whole time, Katie Forbes is just standing there twerking. And it's just – it's the most like <laughs> – you know, it's it, it feels it feels like a GIF from like 1999, Sandy. It, it really oh, does. Um, but, you know, it, it was kind of like I got a chuckle out of it and then I never needed to see it again. Um, and that's kind of what I felt about this match. I, don't, I This will be a match that I will never watch again. Um, yeah. And it's not that the guys didn't work hard. It just – when you got Katie Forbes and she gets too much Katie Forbes, um, it the match kind of goes uh, pretty south pretty quickly – um, and like you said before, the 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 mattress to decide who was the better man, and we did not answer that question.
1: No, not at all. And then of course we had the beatdown afterwards with uh, Katie and RVD on Sammy. Sammy does win. Um, I believe with a roll up reversal. So uh, I think when when you do when you do a finish to a match like this, especially with a heated feud, it's going to continue. You know, we we didn't get to see who the better man was. Nobody really got the upper hand on anybody. Um, no. So. And especially after that beatdown, uh after the match. We're definitely going to see this one, two, maybe three more times. Who knows? Maybe it'll just finish off at bound for Glory. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it wasn't really anything special, unfortunately.
0: I'll be honest with you, Sandy. If this lasts till bound, till Bound for Glory, I uh I'm not gonna be too <laughs> I'm not gonna be too excited about it. Um but but you know, yeah, like you said, it was uh you yeah, know, Rob Van Dam got a roll up and then it got countered it was a roll up counter roll up and uh I, you know, when you have a a kind of a blood feud with no, no stakes on the line to do that kind of, uh, you know, I'm the better man than you, because I just so happened to get you in a better roll up. Cause yeah. Yeah. And then, like you said, they beat, they got the beat down on Sammy afterwards, which didn't, you know, didn't need to happen. It was just kind of a really weird kind of, uh, very bad finish to the match, but you know what, our spirits were lifted immediately because we went back to Russell house
1: Russell
0: House, woo! And, uh, you know, Russell House, we left it off last week with the uh, feud coming to a head, or the love triangle coming to the head, um, between Rosemary, Taya, and uh, Johnny Bravo. And uh, Tommy Dreamer lets Johnny Bravo know, hey man, I sent Josh a private message on Twitter once. No, he didn't say that on the air, <laughs> but it did happen. No, but <laughs> why
1: did I almost believe that? Damn it, I'm gullible. <laughs> I'm
2: like, wow. you know,
0: I'm just weaving these in here. I'm just weaving these in here. Uh, but no, Tommy Dreamer says to Giant Bravo, "Hey man, your fate is in your hands because you're going to be the special guest referee for this match tonight." And uh, of course, you know, the the look of concern you know washes over Giant Bravo. What am I going to do? Um, and then there's you know not really a whole lot of anything else in the first segment of Wrestle House that I can recall. Uh, you recall anything else from that first segment, oh, not? Me... Yeah, just kind of a, a foreshadow of the, the other two segments that we're going to get. Um, and then we come out to uh, Reno Scum, which is, uh, of course, Adam Thornstow and Lust of the Legend, in a uh, two-on-one handicap against Rhino because Heath did not get into Impact, despite the campaigning for the the on Twitter. And, uh, you know, this was uh, a match that happened.
1: You know what? I actually enjoyed it what it was um i can never i'll never get tired of seeing rhino every time he comes on the TV i'm like Gore, core gore. and like i will just never stop doing that i'll be 80 watching old matches like core 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 i love yeah, it it almost makes um, you want to
0: chant uh ec dub right i mean that's just kind of you you see rhino come out and you just want to start chanting ec dub
1: i love him he's a little what did logan call him call him a refrigerator a mini refrigerator with legs <laughs> he's <just a> wide. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> very pointed. that's, that's good i
1: love rhino I don't think we've seen Rhino's son wrestle since we started this podcast, right? This might be the first time. This
0: is the first action that we've seen. Uh, I think the first week that we did this podcast, he was in, he got beat down backstage by Reno scout. Um, mm-hmm. But not and since then. We haven't seen him. We've seen him cut a couple promos here and there. We've seen Heath kind of pop in and out. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing, so to speak. And like I said, I mean, the, the wrestling was fine. It was a two-on-one yeah. handicap, and it felt like a two-on-one handicap. Um, and my problem with the match um, is that we do get Heath coming out. Um, but this is a gimmick, Sandy, that if you watch Wednesday Night Wrestling, you saw a month ago when Orange Cassidy yeah. dressed up as the cameraman and then jumped in on a beatdown. We get Heath Slater, or I should say just Heath, Heath dressed up as a cameraman, to come and do his finishing move and get Rhino the win here. Uh, that's just – I want to be positive. He hit his <laughs> finisher. He did a great job hitting his finisher. <laughs> it was great. Um, think, but, man. Know,
2: it, it just felt
1: pretty. It felt very underwhelming. Um, and I really think a lot of that has to contribute to there not being a crowd. Who are you going to pop with that surprise? There's no one in the crowd, you know. Rhino Reno Scum isn't going to be excited. Rhino had no idea what was happening. And you know, it's just one of those things. I I think a crowd here would have benefited them tremendously. Um I at home I was like, oh, there's heath, you know, because it was kinda it just felt an underwhelming little payoff there.
2: Yeah. Um But and you know course.
1: what? I I I do like that the commentary actually touched up on a couple of different points. I was so confused about the backstage segments with, with the money, the Hernandez guy that I guess I've right. only seen in those promos. Had no idea how he was making this money. I'm like, are they doing drug deals on Impact? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for commentary, though, we were able to find out that he actually has been winning cash from others by winning at arm wrestling. And I think the situation here was that he put it on the line to Reno's son if they beat Rhino. Was that right. the whole thing?
0: He's yeah, get so the, cash, right? the way that I... That I saw it was that he beat Fala Ba in the arm wrestling match. And mm-hmm. then he put it on the line. He said, okay, Reno scum, you beat those guys, you get the money. Um, and obviously they don't get the money. Um, they got cheated because Heath is not a signed wrestler on impact. He's wink, wink. Oh, um, yep. <laughs> but you yep. know, it's, it's it, like you said, it's, it's kind of lazy. It's kind of meh. It's kind of, it was a rough start for this week's episode uh, yeah. from a wrestling perspective, just because you know we we expect a little bit more. I think a- after the past few weeks, we've had some really good weeks of wrestling.
1: We yeah. have,
0: yeah. And and I think but we... Josh,
1: I want to throw out my. I'm sorry, did not mean to cut you off, but I no, want to no, throw please. out my positivity here
0: before yes. I
1: forget. Um, not too familiar with Reno's come. The two guys there actually did not even cast their names, to be honest. I was trying to, and I was like, you could not.
0: I can tell you you that one of them is Adam Thornstow and one of them is Lester the Legend. Which one's which, I don't think is important. (laughs) I believe Lester the Legend is the one with the Mohawk.
1: With the Mohawk. Okay. Yeah. The other guy, he did some impressive things there. I was actually pretty impressed by their uh, athleticism. They don't have necessarily a look that, that makes you go, oh my gosh, those guys are going to be crazy um but they were able to deliver i thought the the wrestling itself what they were doing the two on one with rhino um actually looks great i was pretty impressed with a lot of what, what they were doing um i can't i actually want to see more of what these guys can do give them a proper a proper feud proper angles and proper matches and i think it'll look great and my other positive rhino rhino you still got it always
0: yeah he, he can still he can, i mean now this is a four and a half minute match bell to bell so it's not like Rhino had to work that long, thank God, because I think he was pretty blown right. up at the end. Um, but you okay. get you give Rhino four to five minutes. I think that's kind of his sweet spot.
2: And, and obviously,
0: if he winds up tagging with with Heath, he can go a little longer because he can take some breaks on the outside. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I don't have him in front of me, but Rhino's got to be getting up there in age. Um, so, I mean, I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, he's 44. And so, you know, he's in his mid-40s. He's kind of a bigger guy. Um you know he's taken a lot of bad bumps in his in his time, so you oh, yeah. know hey you know, but like you said good on a Rhino for you know getting out there gets the win <laughs> by, I'll support by him always. <laughs> <laughs> by hook or by crook, um, yeah. you know next next we go uh, backstage, uh, and this is kind of a theme throughout the night uh, with Moose, kind of just being overly paranoid about uh, Mr. Ethan Carter the third. Um, he's just kind of asking everyone, Hey, have you seen EC3? You see, uh, you know, he's just kind of freaking out. Right. Interrupts uh, a promo. I think that Brian Myers was giving backstage, you know, he's just kind of popping in, right? Every, every backstage segment Moose has to crash in. Hey, have you seen EC3? Um, so it was kind of an interesting thing. And then we go right from that, right to the good brothers, drinking beers and telling stories about I, from what I caught on, Luke Gallo is beating someone up while being incredibly drunk and then falling asleep standing um, <laughs> I don't know if you followed that any better than I did.
1: No. I yeah, just kind of the Good Brothers sharing some bar stories in New Orleans. And that was pretty much it. And, of course, my favorite guy, the Rascals, come by. They don't even care yeah. to hear what's going on. They want to just prepare for their match. And I think it may have rubbed the Good Brothers the wrong way.
0: They might have. It might have. Now, the Rascals have some work uh, ahead of them because, as you remember from last week on Locker Room Talk, they did uh, disrespect Ace Austin, or at least a perceived disrespect of Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, uh, and leads to a, uh, what I thought was a pretty good tag team match, but a way too short tag team match. Uh, this uh, match logged in at 4 minutes and 47 seconds, uh, but backing up, like you said, uh, the Rascals did uh, did not want to take any advice from the Good Brothers um, about how to beat Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. They said, listen, we're just going to focus. We don't need to—they're like, hey, man, drink a beer we whoop those guys. No problem. You can do it too. Just drink a beer. It could, you know, the good brothers trying to get everyone to just be good brothers and, you know, good brother around and, you know, talking shop. And, around. Oh, oh. I don't know. That's, I think that's what <laughs> I'm just going to call it. Um, but yeah, I, there you, you know, flash forward to the match. Um, I thought it was really well-structured. I thought that Desmond Wentz did a really good job chopping down Madman Fulton, um, especially towards the end, keeping him in the outside. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what would you think about this match here, Sandy?
1: This match is my favorite of the night. I thought it was fantastic. I am obsessed with the Rascals. The more and more I see of them and Impact, the more and more I want. Put them in every main event. And, of course, what we learned, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> like you mentioned, it was such a great, well-structured match. You know, we have Mad Men Fulton, who up against uh, Dez in the very beginning, was completely towering over Dez. And Dez, I'm not sure um his height, his weight, but, I mean, he's, he's a very thick guy, not too tall, but, man, the difference there. I, I remember one camera angle just looked at, at both of them directly, and Fulton was just hovering over Dez. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Dez, uh, or Fulton's just going to go and destroy him. Which he kind of did, but Dez, and, Dez got in there. He had some pretty good offense, trying to kind of keep Fulton off of him and a lot of the back and forth with Des and Wentz ultimately trying to take down the big guy, trying to not not necessarily isolate him. In the beginning, they were just kind of trying to survive, but essentially it got to the point where, okay, we can take on Ace Austin and we can isolate Fulton in the outside. And that's when Wentz just kind of went crazy with mm-hmm. dives and Des too to keep him on the outside, keep him down. When they were finally able to do that, Attack Ace Austin, and they got in for the win. What
0: yeah, did you and think? I think I think it was I thought it was a pretty good match. I don't know if it was my favorite of the night. I think my favorite of the night we'll we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but the I thought like you said the way they kept chopping down Madman Fulton, it never like they figured it out, and the way they kind of figured, and then like I said, this match bell bells bell is four minutes and forty seven seconds according to Cage Match, and it felt like so much happened
2: much longer yeah
0: so much happened in such a small amount of time and i really feel like if you give those guys 10 to 12 minutes um they can have a really good tv match and then you know if you want to run those guys uh, those four guys at uh you know uh bound for glory uh you know give them 25 20 oh maybe 18 oh, yeah. 18 to 22 in that range uh, i think that those four guys could really put on a show. Um, I've spoken of my affections of Ace Austin before uh, on this podcast, and I think that he would really be a, a guy that can go with the other two. And then Madman, of course, can get his rest spots, you know, being the bigger guy. But, uh, you know, I would really like to see this tag match run back again. Um, but, like, I'm I'm with you here, Sandy. The Rascals are uh, – they're up on my, my favorites for impact right now as far as tag teams mm. go.
2: But
1: like to me, even even the way Dez just floats over the top rope when he just gets in the ring, he's not even doing anything mm-mm. offensively in wrestling. He's the way just he gets in the ring. I was like, oh, I love him.
0: <laughs> awesome, and you know what? We're gonna get to see them next week in action for the Impact Tag Team Championships yes. against the Motor City Machine Guns. We learned it's this in eight. Tight. This is gonna be if it's not. This should absolutely main event in this week's show. And it should absolutely get that main event uh, ring time, that 12 to 15 minutes that they give towards the end. Um, Agreed. Unlike last week, I mean, obviously, that was a 30-minute match. Uh, they're not going to be doing that too much. Um, but obviously, that was a stipulation. Um, but I think if, if they give this tag team championship match 15 minutes, uh, we could have a really good match between these two teams. Um, but, yeah, they came out. They challenged. They said, hey, listen, because uh, they have actually wrestled these two teams at Slammiversary. It was a very good match. Um they kind of set the angle of course that, Hey, listen, you guys put an open challenge out. We answered it. You didn't know that we were back in impact, but we're to the champs. Now we're going to give you a shot at the title since, you know, you gave us this open challenge to get us kind of back in here, get our, you know, wheels going. Um, But I think I'm, that's probably my match next week that I'm most looking forward to.
1: Oh yeah, me too. And I love the way that they said, Hey, you know, we want to congratulate you guys on your win. (laughs) They said, two things we want to party with you guys right. and then we want to offer you this match and the fact that they had to turn around guys and went had to go and like kind of consult should we agree should we not agree
0: that was right. really
1: cute like is there a trick i'm very like... excited yeah like uh <laughs> the hell but i'm like, very listen, excited i, uh, I don't think do they're
0: they're not a heel tag team i think it's okay i think we can go party with them you know like <laughs> um,
2: that's so true
0: i do want to backtrack here uh sandy because uh I did and and this is maybe a, a Freudian slip. Uh I did skip over the second segment of oh. Russell House. Which this is don't. this is a Russell House uh fan podcast. We enjoy Russell House. Right. Uh, but this, this second segment, and I maybe I skipped it because it is a long,
1: long very
0: long. Long very long segment. you guys
1: can see the phase that josh is making right now he was literally, he literally when he means long he means long
0: right <laughs> exactly i was really really drawing that word out because um <laughs> of course we still haven't at this point still haven't figured out who took, the beer. Who took still, the beer right we're still trying to figure that out i of course on this podcast predicted tommy dreamer we find out later that I was wrong, which I'm very upset about, mm-hmm. and Tommy should have written me back about it. But the Deaners uh, and uh, Team Triple uh, XL, AC Romero, and Larry D, uh, they call off their truce and they decide to that start moves. this in- incredibly long brawl um, that goes all over Wrestle House, goes down mm-hmm. to the garage, there's the elevators. There's a random ping pong match in the middle of it. And of course, you know, at, at, one, <laughs> at one, it's just, it's, it's so silly. It's so goofy. It has I
2: love it. very
0: little to do with professional wrestling and I loved it. It drags on way too long, but it was really, really fun. Uh, of course, you know, Tommy Dreamer decides because he's there in the room when they just started to start fighting oh, I guess I'm roughing this match. I mean, he didn't call match time. We'll let it slide. But, you know. He kind of did. Did he say match he time? he I might I have. I swear
1: to God. So the, they were still in the kitchen, and that's when they just, the brawl just started breaking out. And then you see Dreamer, he's just very nonchalant. Oh, goes, yes,
0: yes, yes. That's match right. Time. That's right. He, <laughs> uh, he took a sip of like a Mountain Dew or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually rewound. I, I, it's funny you say that. Now you're jogging my memory. This is what happens when we record after I play hockey, and it's like midnight. Um, oh but you did jog my memory. Cause I remember I rewound because I thought in my mind, I saw him drink, take a sip of a beer. And I thought, Oh, he was right. But yeah. it was, it was like a Mountain Dew or a, you know, <laughs> Sierra Mist, something like that. But, you know, but yeah, that to say, you know, they, they, they had this one spot um, uh, where I think it was uh cousin, uh, cousin Jake sets up Larry D on the stage and then he goes all the way down the hallway to start to do his like uh, running knee strike, and he starts sprinting that. down. And AC walks over to Larry D. He's like, uh, "Hey man, uh, you know you you got, time. you got plenty of time here. You can move." He's like, oh, I, "I can't, man. I'm all blown up. I I just I can't." And they just keep on, you know, panning back to you know uh, <laughs> cousin Jake right down. And, and then he's like, "I mean, do you want me to like help you get out of the way?" Or he's like, oh, "That'd be great." So he just kind of helps <laughs> Larry get out of the way. It, that was probably, uh-huh. that was the funniest part of the thing. I, I really enjoy that. You know, uh, you know, if you got, uh, I think this thing went like, it felt like 10 minutes, if not more. Like it was a long segment. It
2: felt longer. <laughs>
0: but it did feel longer at times because there was so many things. Um, but, you know, it was fun. But, of course, uh, they brawl into the bedroom of uh, Team Triple XL, And um, they, uh, they find a beer, a singular beer bottle. Underneath Larry D's bed, um, and of course he claims that he didn't do it, but that doesn't—that does not uh, convince Cody Diener. Um So they keep fighting. Susie walks in. Now Susie is very upset that they broke their truce. And next, oh <laughs> next thing you know, the door shuts. We see the camera outside. Uh, Tommy Dreamer's there waiting. Susie comes out and only Susie and he says, uh, uh, hey, I'm I'm supposed to be roughing this match. Do you see where they went? And she kind of like glances at the door. He goes in, opens the door, makes a face, shuts the door, and goes, Okay, I guess Susie won. And then he lifts her hand, <laughs> he lifts her hands up, and her hand is smothered. Bloody. <laughs> oh,
2: smothered in blood. What
0: happened. We never know. Uh we do know. see all four guys uh Back ring side for the match later uh, on in Wrestle House, the main event of Wrestle House. The the uh fin- the final match of Wrestle House, as we've come to find out. Not not to bury the lead. Um, but you know, it was a fun segment. Susie wins the brawl, as Tommy Trooper <laughs> declares her the winner. <laughs> Never
1: um, break a truth around her. She'll murder no. you.
0: Yeah, I mean listen, Susie is uh, pretty intense. Pretty intense stuff sure. here. Um and now. We go backstage with uh, the Virtuosa, Deanna Perazzo, after the tag match, moving back forward to where we were, because, of course, I skipped over WrestleHouse. Um, I'm sorry. Deanna okay. Perazzo backstage with Kimberly, and she says, hey, listen, I need you to have my back, because I think Jordan Grace is going to try to black, you know, she's going to jump my black tie affair here. Um, I thought it was an interesting thing. I, I don't know why Kimberly would side with Deanna Perrazzo, but...
2: Uh, yeah. that part was kind of
0: lost on me felt yeah. kind of forced i don't know what's your thoughts here
1: exactly what you just said it did feel kind of forced and and unfortunately yeah Kim- <laughs> sorry we had an impromptu uh
0: yeah we had a run-in we had a run-in from colleen she colleen must know that colleen. the, uh, the colleen's hashtag chef's kiss of the night uh is coming up so she just had a yeah. run-in and distracted sandy from her thoughts on Deanna Perazzo's siding with kimberly so I apologize to the listeners uh, there. But, you know, sometimes these things happen. We record these things live. We go straight through, Sandy. There's no edits here. I
1: tried, Josh, I tried so hard to keep going, but she was being so cute. I just had to call yeah, in I address, and I can't wait to eat her cookies. She has to make me some cookies.
0: Yeah, well, we're. I mean, she's baking some uh, probably tomorrow, but those are for uh, the road trip up to uh, All Out. Um,
2: Oh Which, so jealous
0: yeah, but getting getting back on task here uh, <laughs> you were you, you are talking about what you thought about Deanna and Kimberly uh, teaming up here.
1: Deanna, it felt forced. yeah, just the presentation the presentation, I guess, and the delivery um Kimberly it felt very forced. and yeah she's not a she good kept?
0: she's not a good promo, I, I mean. Yeah. She's just not. And, she
1: killed it at the at the delivering when she was when they actually wore in the ring and she was introducing Diana. That part much was better,
0: much better when yeah. it was the actual back tie affair. But you know this backstage segment was kind of forced. Um, thankfully though it was short. We move right along to another backstage uh, tape with of course our X division champion Rohit Raju. Yeah. And uh, you know he gets uh, interrupted by our friend here uh, and social media personality that you should not follow, uh, TJP.
1: <laughs> Burn. Poor dude.
0: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say poor dude. Uh, he's, uh, let's just say uh, he was pushing some nonsense around Twitter. I'm not going to promote him. I'm not going to say go read it, but he just, you know, watch him on Impact, watch him on New Japan Strong, enjoy what you see in the ring, and then just call it a day. Um, and
2: then that's it. <laughs> and then that's
0: it. <laughs> but what do you think about this segment here?
1: I loved it. So remember last week we talked about how Raju was saying that you know he's going to be giving out everyone an opportunity that wants a, a shot at his X division championship because he never received any opportunities. And now I was like, wait, that's kind of weird. You know, you're you're a heel. Why are you over here offering opportunities? Mm. Now we see what happens. TJP wanted a title shot. He wanted an opportunity, and he's like, okay, wait a minute. Sure, I'll give you an opportunity, but first you must face Chris Bay. So what? I'm glad he kind of still held true to what he was saying last week about giving opportunities, but he's still a heel. He's still a bad guy. Why would he want to be given out opportunities? Right. So he has his conditions. He wants people to work for it. He wants other people to fight and he'll eventually, I can see him maybe try to wiggle himself out of the situation and not actually give TJP a title shot. I think that'd be a cool storyline where he just doesn't defend it at all. (laughs) Right. Uh, And somehow still make it seem like he is giving out opportunities. Who knows? We'll see how this goes, but I love my man Roju. and of course, next week it did confirmed. We'll see TJP against Chris Bay. That'll be next. Yeah,
0: week. absolutely, and it's it's Chris Bay's um, uh, rematch clause on the line, so that's why Chris Bay is still able to uh, he's still next in line for that challenge because he was the champion, lost it to of course Raheem Raju, and then um, you know we'll see what happens there. That's going to be another good match. Another one to good look forward to. Hopefully, they give it more than you know, four and a half minutes. I think they will because there's a certain segment um, of the show that is we're learning is not going to be a part of it going forward, um, and that leads us to our final segment, possibly ever, Sandy of Russell House.
1: Dude, I was really upset when they said that. <laughs> when we found out everything was unfolding, I was like. What's oh, going to happen to I It might be over. Who
0: knows? It looks like it's over. Of course, you know, we have the match between uh, Taya and Rosemary. Or Rosemary, I should say. Wow, that was horrible. Uh, Rosemary, <laughs> not Rosemary. Look at me being proper. Goodness yeah, gracious. That's you. Listen, I'm talking about a demon-possessed wrestler. I, I don't need to be proper with this. Satan's
2: Ro- daughter.
0: Rosemary. Got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I said, folks, we type this straight on through. Uh, this is like live TV. If you screw up, you keep going right.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: so you know this uh, miss, this match comes in under four minutes. It's a little bit more serious than uh, some of the other, of course, Russell House matches that we've seen. It was more reminiscent of when we saw Kylie Ray and Ty Russell uh, in Russell House. Um so it is a little bit more serious. There is a little, you know a few more moves. Um, but ultimately, of course, uh, Rosemary eats the road Valhalla, which is of course Ty's uh, menacing uh, very, very painful looking finisher. Um, like we touched on earlier, Johnny Bravo is the special guest referee and he calls it right down the middle, which I thought was interesting.
2: You
1: missed the most important part. Johnny Bravo proposes to Rosemary.
0: Well, I didn't miss that part. I was just waiting for you to kinda because I figured, you know, there's kinda you know, it's kind of <laughs> the mushy, you know, love story part of what's going on. So I figured Because of a girl, I, I, Josh? No, because you don't have a heart of stone. <laughs>
2: All right, all right. No, no I still
0: no. think that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean Johnny Bravo says, "Listen, I still have to be Ty's manager, but that doesn't mean my my work gets in the way of my personal life. Mm. Like work life balance." Johnny Bravo, who would have thought? Um, but you know, you know he, go ahead. They were able to.
1: They were able to kind of answer a lot of the questions that I had because I had no idea. I guess I still really don't why Russell House is a thing in the first place. Do you recall the storyline to kind of what what happened to put them all in this place?
0: I think piecing it together, piecing it together, I feels like it was because of this love triangle thing, and you know Rosemary kind of made everyone go to Russell House. That's there, just kind of took half the roster and said, okay, we're in Russell House, Um, and then nobody could leave. That was kind of like that's kind of what the the cliffhanger of uh, Diana Perazzo beating Jordan Grace was. Was okay, well. Kylie Rae the next challenger. There's no rematch clause, but Kylie Ray stuck in Russell House. What's going to happen? Um, and, of course, you know, we get that answer. There's, there's some talking uh, at the end there where they decide everyone can go back. And, you know, Taya says, okay, yeah, let's go. And then they teleport out of Russell House. Um, that and- made
1: me laugh so freaking hard. <laughs> like, to some people, they're like, all right, what is this? What is this garbage? I laughed so hard that they all just got in the ring. It was it was such a cute moment. They're like, hey, we can finally go back to the impact zone." And then they just all right, do teleport and disappear. And then we go into Deanna's black tie affair, um, mm-hmm. which which was something. You know, you had some people there. She she was doing her typical heel thing where she wants a show and a party about her historic win against Jordan Grace at um at Emergence. And she looked fantastic. That dress was gorgeous. And then, of course, we have a lot of uh, a lot of the talent around the ring, not necessarily doing their black tie. So she's kind of pissed off about that. There was <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> there was a, there was a segment
0: earlier that where she was like, kind of, "Is that what you're wearing to like a bunch of different wrestlers?" And yeah, it was some people were dressed uh, were not dressed to the nines.
1: You know, like Diana, nobody cares. Only you care. Get out of here. And of course, she wants a celebration all about her. But that's the funny part because. Who else thinks it's all about them sometimes?
0: Well, don't skip. We have one, one, oh, one run-in run before that. We hear Jordan the sirens. Grace. We have the sirens. And then Jordan Grace, uh, big mama pump <laughs> herself, comes out. How and she is in very casual clothes. She's wearing jeans and a top. And uh, she is not adhering to the dress code policy uh, of the Black Tie Fair. At fare. all. At all. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, she starts calling her out. And mid-promo, as you alluded to. Someone else uh, thinks it's all about them, done um, and,
2: done.
0: and it's you know none other than uh, Miss Tennille Dashwood, um, yeah, who yeah. has been absent of impact for a while, but she's coming back, and she makes it known that she wants the Knockouts Championship belt.
1: Of course she does. For those of you who may not know, Tennille Dashwood is a uh, talent formerly known as Emma in that's WWE. Right.
0: And she was the and, first Australian woman, I believe, employed by WWE as a wrestler, uh, if were. not if not first Australian period as a wrestler. So she was kind of groundbreaking in two ways there.
1: And so very exciting to see her back. I actually completely forgot she was already in Impact just a few months ago because I thought this whole time she was in Ring of Honor. But I guess she's kind of just made her, made, her, made her appearance here and there. Good for her. That led got lots, yeah. lots of work. But I, think
0: I feel like Impact. A yeah, no, I feel like Impact has a pretty open relationship with ROH these days. Um, you know, EC3 was rumored to be in the recent ROH tapings, um, so we'll see kind of how that kind of plays out back and forth. But yeah, you know, uh, we continue what you're saying.
1: You know, I really enjoy that, especially now we have um, Thunder Rosa and Cheetah for the women's title at All Out, and I think I I was reading about that that title this afternoon. And it was one of those things where both owners of the companies were so excited to, to have this, you know, your champion should be out there defending against other champions. That's how you can prove who is the best. Now, of course, when it comes to booking pro wrestling, you don't want your champion to lose this and that The, the politics and the storylines and everything involved with it. But I think it's really cool when you have uh, cross promotional talent go against each other and you have these matches that you may not be able to see anywhere else. And I really wish that's something that was, more commonplace in Mm -hmm. pro wrestling, especially with the big leagues. But yeah, this is exciting.
0: Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, mid, mid to Neil Dashwood promo, she gets interrupted by the entire cast of Wrestle House (laughs) teleporting straight into the ring. (laughs) And what is (laughs) this This was edited so badly. It was so (laughs) corny, but i i as soon as it happened it was kind of like a wah, 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 and then like you know like I, that was the sound effect i heard in my head and you know <laughs> it was so funny and of course you know who of course gets teleported right to the middle next to diana perrazzo but the number one contender kylie ray
1: our girl
2: yeah and
0: man she she ducks diana perrazzo who goes flying over the ropes and then uh, Kimberly starts to uh, harass Susie, which Kylie of course takes offense to. And uh, I I don't know where uh, where Kimberly's head landed because it was knocked clean off her shoulders by a super kick by Kylie Ray.
1: It was insane in her flats and her little shorts. It was, so, <laughs> yeah. oh, it was perfect.
0: It was really good. Uh, great way to cap off what is. Uh, the end of Russell House. We did find out, by the way, who, of course, was drinking the beer. None other, you know. I mean, it, it's crazy, Steve. I should have, I should have known. I mean, what, what am I, what am I thinking here? I let That's you know what it is. You know what it is. I let my affections and my personal friendship with Tommy Dreamer get in the way. Oh. I, I Come wanted on. him to be more part of the storyline, Sandy.
1: Be a professional.
0: <laughs> but you know what. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to be a professional now and I'm going to let you take us through this uh, main event here, Sandy.
1: Done, them done. So for the main event, we have EY, Mr. Eric Young, finally getting his hands on, or should we say vice versa, Eddie Edwards finally getting his hands on Eric Young. This is for the Impact World Championship. It is a great hot match. Eddie is heated. He immediately goes to the offense. He's very pissed off and it's a very quick, violent start which I enjoyed. I was like, Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. This is the match to see. And I'm pretty sure this is your favorite match, correct?
0: Yeah. This was my favorite match of the night. Um, I thought both guys, like you said, the intensity was off the charts, um, which makes up for, you know, some of the, the moves that don't hit as clean. It doesn't matter because the intensity is so much, you know, it's not, not going to be a five-star wrestle, you know, wrestling match where everything hits perfect. Um, but the intensity was phew, off the charts.
1: You know, and that to me that it's so important in wrestling. That's like one of my, my nitpicky things when it comes to wrestling. If there's no intensity behind it, I I'm, I can't get into it. I can't buy into it. I can't I can't invest my feelings into it. If I see that's why maybe maybe a lot of the people from Social Suplex Network were so into New Japan because man, when they go over there, they go and it's hard hitting. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hit hard every time or try to hurt your opponent. No, it's just if you go in there with that intensity, like, okay, this is a fight between two people. We have to hurt each other, but I'm going to make sure I hurt you more so that I can get this win. Because that is the ultimate and the only reason why you're in there. And if you're not showing that emotion and that intensity and that feeling that you're trying to win by hurting the other person, then what even is the point? So to me, this kind of delivered on that on every level.
0: Yeah, and on that note, like you mentioned with New Japan, I'll just I'll just throw this out there. The best COVID uh, era match, in New Japan that I watched, in my opinion, the one I enjoyed the most was Yuji Nagata versus Minoru Suzuki from the uh, New Japan Cup, and oh it was like what, what would you say, like ninety percent forearms and chops. I mean, they it was beat
1: just... the hell out of
2: each other. So, and, Just
0: <laughs> right. and of course, you know, eventually, you know, uh, I think it winds up ending with Suzuki trying to go for the gosh style pile driver and then gets countered into uh, kind of like the side by side backdrop. But um, the, when you have that intensity, when you are putting yourself out there, you're selling what you're doing and you're, and you're hitting each other. I mean, Eddie Edwards and Eric Young were not pulling stuff up. They really hit each other. Um, and I thought it was a pretty, a pretty good match. Um, it's, you know, it's sitting about uh, three stars on cage match, which, you know, I'd say if you were doing the technical thing, uh, maybe I'm like, I've mentioned on this podcast, I don't understand star ratings. I don't know how you get to mm-hmm. them. I don't know what, what drives those. Um, but for me, like I watch a wrestling match and I say, okay, you know, I enjoyed that match. I thought that was pretty good. Right. Uh, and so for me, that's what I got to say about this one. I thought it was a pretty good match.
1: Pretty good match. You have EY uh, working the neck of Eddie Edwards. He did this crazy neck breaker uh, on the apron. With I cringed. Neck, yes, but no, it was it was done perfectly well. But I was like, oh, just regular neck breaker spots to me. I don't know what it is. I have a thing about freaking necks, and whenever those are targeted, I'm like, oh, cringe, cringe, cringe. But he did this <laughs> on the apron, I was like, oh, in my mind, like I was just like, he's trying to kill this man. Um, of course, EY working the neck. Later on, we see when um, Eddie Edwards finally kind of has a comeback. He's getting he's getting ready. He's getting hot again. He takes a couple of dimes uh, over the top rope and I think one through the, the middle rope where mm-hmm. he is targeting um, Eric Young. And unfortunately, the story here is that he buckled his knee on the way out, yep. uh, which prevented him from doing his Boston knee party, the best freaking finisher name <laughs> ever. Boston knee party, he wasn't able to execute that. Every move that he tried up until the finish of the match, he really wasn't able to do it 100% just because his knee was just hurting. It was completely out. Right. Um, what did you think of the finish, Josh?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I always have mixed feelings about this because when you have a really good match, I want the finish to be clean. I like it when a heel finishes clean. I like it when a baby face finishes clean. I like to walk away from a wrestling match feeling like somebody won and not that somebody cheated. Okay. And I think that's probably why I growing up, I was never a big Ric Flair fan because, you know, he kind of oh. coined that hooker by crook. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we see Eric Young get the hockey mask out. He cranks Eddie Edwards with it. And then it does lead to a picture perfect. Uh, and I'm going to, put my uh, coins hashtag chefs gets of the night on Eric Young's pile driver. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, that's what won the match of course was the pile driver, but how we get there of course is the hockey mask. You know, I don't like it. I don't like the hockey mask. I didn't think the match needed it. It, And then, you know, it, it sets up a, you know, a kind of shoe in later on match where hey mm-hmm. you didn't beat me fair and square you cheated uh, and I want you back because you know they use that and then afterwards uh, of course you know we get another beat down where Eric Young targets the knee of Eddie Edwards and just completely obliterates he does
1: it does a knee chop lock and I think he then does a knee bar if I'm not mistaken yep. after the mm-hmm. chop lock that already injured knee to me though you know so I don't really mind the whole it, it has to be done right and the whole DQ thing heel going like a heel they cheat. We know this. You know, yeah. it happened. To me, it just it didn't feel desperate enough. He didn't have to go for it. He wasn't right. getting completely destroyed. It was one of those things where right. why, like it wasn't necessary then. Like Maybe the match had gone a little bit longer, or maybe we had gotten to a, into a point where Eddie Edwards was completely taking over the match, and there was nothing else that Eric Young could do but cheat to win like he said he was going to but this just it didn't feel like it, he was he should have been desperate enough to do that he initially went for the title and then went for the, the hockey mask you train in hockey can one of those things hitting you in the head can that actually knock you out just okay so
0: <laughs> yeah that's like i mean the old school jason mask they haven't used since like the 80s right because they are very thin compared to what goalies wearing now Um, and Mm -hmm. even to what, like, you know, like, uh, coming up, uh, you play, when you're playing like junior hockey and different things like that, everyone wears a full face cage now, which is more protective than what the Jason style hockey mask is, uh, quite frankly. Um, and, and we know, I mean, it doesn't make it, could it, could it hurt you? Sure. But, you know, knock you out. And no, I, I don't, I, and that's part of the other reason I don't buy it. One is, uh, I felt like Eric Young had the upper hand already. Yeah. Um, and then. Number two, I mean, the hockey mask is not as, uh, solid as, you know, the 20 pounds of gold or whatever, you know, the, you know, the title belt is right. So, you know, but I understand why they did it and I understand the post-match stuff. And even, you know, uh, Josh was on commentary saying, Oh man, he might've ended his career. He's going to be out for, for months. So I was wondering last week, if you recall, if they did switch the belt, which they did tonight or not tonight, but this week, um, how they were going to get to a, a, a good opponent for Eric Young for uh, Bound for Glory. And Rich I think one. they kind of... Well, it could be Rich Swann. I, that's what I want. Uh, but, of course, Rich Swan is still retired. Um, but I think they'd set it up for Eddie Edwards to have basically a month off, uh, six weeks off to lead up to Bound for Glory because uh, they, they're selling this knee injury thing. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens.
1: We shall see. And finally closing segment for Impacts this week. Remember, guys, we kept mentioning how Moose is kind of going around like a crazy person trying to find EC3. He finally gets into this room and it's like one of those old detective movies where they're trying to find this crazy serial killer who it has pointed, who has picked his target. Mm -hmm. He goes into this room and it's all pictures of him from back when he was playing football to the one, the one he grabs a picture and he's like, this one's just from today. (laughs) (laughs) And just a bunch of photos of him at the gym, just living his life. So pretty creepy. Um, EC3 has a map in the middle of this, of this board and kind of is pointing to an exact location. So earlier EC3 said, you have this amount of time and you have to find me at, This undisclosed location, if you can find me, you may have a chance of getting your title back. If you can't, within this time, I will send you your title piece by piece. So he is threatening to destroy this title. Mm -hmm. Um, But it looks like Moose knows the location, and we see him take off and getting ready to face EC3.
0: Yeah. So it was interesting because the credits started to roll and then they cut to that. I was like, I was getting ready to close out of the, uh, the video player and I was like, Oh wait, there's more. <laughs> so, um, cause they had started like to play the, uh, the outro music. Um, mm-hmm. being that this, you know, we know from, from knowing that the impact zone that they've been doing all their taping in is in Nashville and Nashville was not circled on the map. It looked like it was like a New York, uh, Philadelphia area, uh, that tri-state kind of area there. And it feels like Sandy, we've seen a lot of cinematic matches this year. Ah, you think you think this one's gonna be a pre taped cinematic match? That, that was my thought uh, watching this.
1: I didn't even think about that at all but yeah, absolutely because I don't think impact has done anything to that point yeah, during this whole Corona situation, have they?
0: No, I don't think they've done a cinematic match since, uh, since of course, you know, Broken Man Hardy was doing stuff uh, back in TNA, oh, yeah. um, which, of course, revolutionized. Um, the originator. Correct. Um, of the uh, cinematic masterpiece uh, match. But um, I don't know. I, they haven't done it. Um, we found out today that all Out has a cinematic match, which is big swollen uh, Doctor Britt Baker. Uh, there's kind of some talk about PS, you know, Britt's not 100% yet with her knees, but they've been teasing this All Out thing, like since she got hurt, like when she first got her diagnosis. She's like, I'm wrestling it all out, um, and so I guess the cinematic match is the way you get around that. Um, I don't know, It's cinematic match. <sighs> which <laughs> let let's we'll we'll do a brief sidebar because that that wraps up, uh, you know, kind of the the night of, of impact. And and we said kind of at the top, it was kind of a, a different kind of show. It was very backstage heavy. It wrapped up Russell house. It wrapped up. And so we'll, hopefully we'll see, you know, more knockouts division stuff, more tag division stuff going forward that was losing that TV time because of Russell house. Um, but cinematic matches um, I'll let you, I'll let you start. Um, but what are your what are your kind of overall thoughts about what we've seen in the world of cinematic wrestling uh, in twenty twenty during this COVID time?
1: You know what I've been I've been a fan of it. Um, the Jericho and Randy one. I'm uh, not Jericho and Randy. Randy and Edge. Jericho and Randy. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's it's long blonde hair. You know.
1: <laughs> Randy and Edge. That one to me. It felt a little much. It felt a little long, and I don't, I don't know what it was about it. I think I think they were you know, I think to me, it was the whole fact that they were what was it? the best match of all time, and it's like, all right, relax one. Two, it's no, because it's it's a cinematic match. so we know what it is. It can't be the best one of all time. Right. They were trying to me, they tried too hard. They delivered it perfectly. It was excellent, but it was just too much. Yeah, both. Of they actually had to...
0: two cinematic matches that were both yes. extremely long, because they had both the no uh, the DQ bad. one that was just too, too long.
1: <laughs> but I really enjoyed AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Sure. I thought that to me, the so reason why is because it also didn't take itself too seriously. We have the uh, the the Undertaker doing his spooky underworld shit, which freaking big pop (laughs) i the ending to that with the lights and the fire and everything happening i love that
0: a lot of good gifts came out of that match a lot of good gifts
1: (laughs) so if it's going to be a cinematic match where we know we know what it is you know we know it's not to me it can't be taken seriously so when you try to do it so it's so serious it kind of loses that it's supposed to be fun Right, and that's with AJ, and of course the Stampede match. That was my freaking favorite.
0: Stadium that Stampede was... was awesome. Um, that was well, probably that was my favorite cinematic match. Um, yeah. there are so many, so many, and like you said, they did not take so much of that seriously. Um, I, I always confuse my Jacksons, but I believe it was Nick Jackson that does the Northern Light Suplex, <laughs> and he does the Bridging Northern Light Suplex the entire no, length yeah. of the football field. Was it Matt? Okay, sorry, yeah. I I screw up my Jacksons. <laughs> they look the same in my mind and every, everyone Where's listen everyone in the group chat makes fun of me but i can't keep those two guys straight to save my life james can't keep uh, uh, uh the uh, ftr guys straight he just calls one of them bald I... and and so that i'm the same way like i'm like okay uh, i th- i know matt sells the back so that's kind of like how i tell them apart is eventually at some point in the match matt jackson will his back will hurt and that's how i know which one is which <laughs> But yeah, I know. It's it's one of those weird things. Um but yeah, no, they did the, the Northern Line suplex, the length of the field, and they did the the dunking Matt Hardy and he kept changing the different Matt Hardy's. Oh, wow. uh they had the part with the you know, drinking at the bar and you know, all of those things oh, were so awesome, right? The stadium stampede and of course finishing with a one-winged angel like thirty feet down uh you know If you have not seen the Stadium Stampede match, go watch it.
2: Go Um, watch it right now. Go
0: watch it. Um, Stop what you're doing. Push us on pause. We won't mind. Go watch that match and then come (laughs) back to us. And then tweet us and tell us we were right. Um,
1: And tweet us. Yes, correct.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, on the flip side of that, there's the stuff that tried to be too artsy. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at you, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Mr. Rotunda. I did not like that match at all. I, I you can't even call it a match. Oh
1: wait, with John Cena?
0: With John Cena, I didn't. There were some chuckle parts. Um, I thought, yeah. you know, John Cena's John Cena always going to be John Cena. He's going to, you know, do the the joke spots, that this and that. I and and I don't really like it. But for me, like cinematic matches,
2: Dude.
0: and I didn't like that the Swamp match sincere. either with Braun Strowman. That one was terrible. But oh, cool. um. That was, I mean, those two guys need to never, ever see each other ever again. They just, they should get a restraining order filed against each other and never wrestle each other, never do anything together because it's, it's awful every time. Um, But, you know, to your point, when it's lighthearted, when it's, you know, oh, that's such a corny spot, right? To me, that's where, you know, that's where a cinematic match can really shine. That's why the broken Matt Hardy stuff worked. Because there's the Hardy compound, and there's Skarsgård, the dilapidated boat, and Senor Benjamin, and just wacky shit, right? So, um, for me, I can't. I I hope that if they do one with Moose and, and EC3, that is like the Randy and Edge stuff, where it was, you know, around a ring at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but not like the Champa Gargano one, which I never finished because the production actually made me nauseous.
2: Oh,
1: I forgot about that. they,
0: they There were so many cuts and so much like different shit with the lighting. I, I literally, I watched like maybe five minutes of that match and turned it off. I couldn't get through it. Yeah.
1: Completely overproduced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's our little sidebar there on Cinematic matches. We don't know that, that Moose and EC3 is going to be that. That was just an idea that I had just because it was a different location. And I don't think impact is running any live shows anytime soon. Um, Live, live wrestling is starting to come back. Uh. it had uh, fans at dynamite uh, last week and this week. Um, And there are fans that are going to be at all out. Like I mentioned earlier, a few of us are going to be in attendance there from, you know, the, uh, our our little group called the Largo loop. Um, We are, you know, it's, I feel comfortable doing it. You are only allowed to sit with who you came with. They're going to be strict mask enforcement, uh, hand sanitizer everywhere, no tailgating, no you know cash being passed around. So you know they're doing it as safe as possible. It's outdoors. Daly's place, if you're not familiar with it, is an outdoor amphitheater that's attached to the Jaguar Stadium uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. So we'll see uh, as long as things continue to be good um, and you know that doesn't become a hot spot for spreading it. I think that more companies will do it and hopefully Sandy, we'll get to see you wrestle in person soon.
1: (sighs) Woo! Hopefully I miss wrestling so much. I'll definitely keep you guys posted. So anyone that's local can come to our next Tampa Bay Pro wrestling show. We don't know when that will be, but hopefully very soon, very happy to have wrestling back so we can go enjoy and live the rest of our lives. And yes, Corona is still out there. It's still a threat. We have to be very careful, but it's kind of glad. I'm kind of glad to have
2: it back
0: absolutely and you know and and on the coronavirus stuff just be safe you know it doesn't matter if you think that it's something or if you think that it's not something uh you know just look out for each other be safe wash your hands don't touch your eyes you know which is helpful advice even when there's not coronavirus always wash your hands always wash your
2: hands Ah.
0: always use hand sanitizer but anyways uh with that i think that's uh wrestling for the week sandy
1: Yes, it is. Can't wait to see what's going on next week. Next week should be a banger. We have some great matches, I cannot wait. This one, a little bit slower, but we're able to make it through. Excited for the future. We'll see what's to come.
0: Good transition episode. And now I'm gonna transition into a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking about uh, a video game series that's near and dear to my heart. It shaped a large part of my childhood. It's why I wore Massimo clothing and Quicksilver for a very (laughs) long time. It's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and we'll talk about it uh, right after the break.
2: This is Jordan
1: Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
0: All right. So Sandy, we're back now for commercial and, uh, you know, we had a good time talking about wrestling, but now I want to talk to you about manscaped a little bit. You know, manscaped is of course, redesigning the, the, the men's, uh, trimming below the belt situation here. They are revolutionizing the industry, so to speak, just like Tony Hawk did when he, you know, of course came out with his, uh, game series that we're going to talk about here shortly. Uh, you know, there was a time I was a kid when I was, you know, going down the street, pushing my board down, you know, try to ollie, try to kick flip. And uh, I don't know about you, Sandy, but sometimes, you know, I tried to kick flip and the board would kick up and we call that racking ourselves. Right. So uh, Ooh,
2: that, yeah, that it was not,
0: not great. Um, I did recover. I have two children. Um, and I don't know that manscapes lawnmower 3.0 would have helped with that. Um, but I like to think that it would have made me more aerodynamic so that I would have missed the board. And, you know, Maybe with something like that, right? Because Manscaped does use an advanced skin safe technology that they've developed to make sure that millions of balls worldwide are going to be nick-free. Uh, and of course, you know, not necessarily from grip tape, but from your razor. You shouldn't be getting nicks, cuts, burns from your razor when you're trimming down there. Um, and so they have a 7,000 RPM motor with what they call quiet stroke technology. Uh, To make sure that you're not getting any hangups, you're not getting any pulled hairs, you're not getting anything going on there. Um, So definitely make sure that you check out Manscaped's products and get your lawnmower 3.0 today. Head on over to Manscaped.com, use the promo code SUPLEX. And like we mentioned at the top, you get 20% off, you get free shipping. And for literally, this is going to launch on Friday, uh, or release, I should say. And then we have Saturday. You got two days left. We have three more giveaways to give away. Of the all out pay per view. So use the promo code SUPLEX, order your lawnmower 3.0 or perhaps crop preserver if you're in the South and you need to make sure you're not getting swamp butt. And use the <laughs> promo code SUPLEX, send us your proof of purchase to socialsuplex at gmail.com. And uh, you know what? Your balls will thank you because they'll be cool, not nicked, and they'll be sitting on your couch watching all out courtesy of the social suplex podcast network it's the final
2: countdown.
0: <laughs> there you go yeah uh, today yeah listen i had to catch i was gonna cut you off there i think we only get like five seconds of singing that song before we're in legal trouble so where did we <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: i'll
0: check the tape later <laughs> no I'm, I'm just kidding i i don't know that um uh, what is that is, is it europe that sang the final countdown i don't, I don't know, know. I'm only 30 years old. That song was before me. It predates you also. So I I don't know that we're the ones to talk about that. Um, But what we can talk about, Sandy, um, like I mentioned, is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Before we get into Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, I have to say, I played skateboarding kids growing up. I had one on the the Nintendo Entertainment System. uh, The affectionately named Skate or Die. Um, It was... An absolutely unplayable trash uh, game. I could not figure it out, and it may be more on me being a young child, Sandy. Uh, but <laughs> but maybe Listen, not. a
1: lot of those old games on the NES were like, "Good luck, here you go, <laughs> like figure yeah. it out yourself," and it's like, "What?" No,
0: inst- <laughs> no instructions. No, and of course, like by the time I'm playing Nintendo Entertainment System games, like Skater Die came out in '87. I was born not in '87. I wasn't even born yet when that game came out. And by the time I get it, there's no instruction manuals. I don't know about you, but I never had instruction manuals for NES games ever. And if I did, it was because I bought it like two years ago at the local uh, retro game store that had a game in box. So I had no idea how to play this game. I'm sitting there like they have like a downhill thing where you're like weaving through cones, jumping over like grass spots. And, you know, it's just there's a half pipe. I figured out how to do a trick on the half pipe. Like it's, it's it's kind of a collection of mini games, um, yeah it's not good. <laughs> so, you know yeah. when when you're talking about like skateboarding games, I, I think it's important to understand where we came from, because uh, you know, games like that you had Seven Twenty, um, you of course had Skater Die Two because what's better than one Skater Die game a second <laughs> Skater Die game, um, they mixed in skateboarding t- into a bunch of different things. There was a a, a compilation game called California Games that had a very similar skateboarding motion to uh, Skater Die. Um they had uh and this was right before Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out, which is a game called uh Extreme, which was downhill racing, it was on the PlayStation. Um there was uh bikes, skateboards, and I believe rollerblades, and those three things would compete each each other in a downhill uh race. And now, in my mind, there's zero chance that someone on a bicycle is ever going to be slower than than a skate <laughs> guy on a skateboard or a guy rollerblading? What? <laughs> but they made three of those games, Sandy. There and of course what? there was extreme, two extreme, and of course three of three extreme. They got really oh, creative okay. with these titles. Um, <laughs> three extreme uh, was the last one released because uh, you know we have uh, in 1999. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater comes out. And and this was, you know, right after uh, the X Games started to get some steam. 1995 was when they did the first X Games. Uh, I remember as a kid growing up here in St. Pete, they actually held X Games tryouts in downtown St. Pete that my dad took me and my brother to. And I was like, oh, shit, like we're going to see Tony Hawk. We're gonna see Dave Mira do some BMX stuff. We're gonna see, you know, the there's the, uh, the the two brothers from Japan that were doing uh aggressive inline back then. And my brother's like, no idiot. They're already qualified. These are just the, the scrubs that they have to fill the competition with. Oh I was like, Of course. <laughs> like I'm like I was probably seven or eight. I'm like, What? What do you what do, do you mean? Uh <laughs> you mean Tony Hawk's not here? And McDonald's not here? Like what I don't, I don't understand. And so um, it was kind of I, – I, I watched all these X Games. X Games became such a part of society, Sandy. I, I don't know how much you remember about those years. Every kid had a skateboard at that time. Every kid had a bike. You have friends that had rollerblades. Um, they even made – I don't know if you remember the Disney uh, animated movie, the uh, Goofy movie but of course. the sequel has the college x games in it which is not a real thing they literally just oh how do we get people to watch this you know direct to home video movie uh send max to college and make him compete in the x games <laughs> you know oh, x games was everywhere everywhere it is on disney plus not to give them a plug because they don't pay us to um but it was such an awesome time to be a kid, um, and. I, I was so excited, so excited to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I didn't have a PlayStation. My best friend at the time, growing up across the street, Matt, did. And his dad was like, he was kind of always away doing like army stuff. And so when he would come back, when he was around, he'd basically be like, hey, it's uh, Friday, let's go get a game. And so one Friday, uh, my, my buddy came home. He called me. He lived across the street, but we still used the phone for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, we literally could have just been out front and just been like, hey, come over. Um, But this is right on the heels, too, uh, by the way, of Tony Hawk doing the 900 for the first time at the X Games in 1999.
1: History was freaking made. I remember that because who wouldn't remember that? It was huge. So now, the reaction from that i think there was a, a commercial i think was it for the the new the new game coming out tomorrow that they kind of showed that or was it for something else i can't even recall yeah i commercial. think so I mean, I mean
0: it's obviously such a pop culture like Lexington thing, right it's one of those things like where were you when this happened thing exactly and for skateboarding that was never a thing like skateboarding has always been like counterculture it's always been oh look at those kids on their skateboards you know damn hooligans right And that's how it's always been from the 80s. You know, the 70s is really when it kind of got started. When it really picked up in the 80s, it's always been this counterculture, not really a thing. And of course, you know, ESPN with the X Games really capitalized on it and pushed it into the mainstream. And I remember sitting in the living room with my brother and just watching Tony Hawk try it over and over and over again. Right. And of course, he doesn't win the competition because he doesn't land it during competition. I think Bucky Lasik maybe wound up winning or Andy McDonald or something. Maybe Bob Bernquist. You know, one of the legends, right, that were all competing at the same time. Um, but that crowd, uh, and I think this was in San Diego, that crowd didn't go anywhere. They wanted to see Tony Hawk hit the 900. And, of course, I'm ESPN, thank God ESPN didn't cut away. They just kept it rolling. I remember, if, uh, I don't know if you remember, Sal Masekela was was hosting the uh, the X Games back then. He's up on the deck. He's like, okay, Tony's going to do it again. Tony's going to try again. And I just remember, like, me and my brother just sitting there, like, okay, edge of our seat. Come on, Tony. Come on, Tony. And then he hits it. And
2: then
0: (gasps) he it was so sketch. And we are like, oh, it it happened in slow motion when you watched it live, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it was such a a monumental thing. And me and my brother, like, over in, you know, Largo, Florida, jumping up and down in our living room because Tony Hawk hit the 900, right? Uh Like that was like it you know it's starting to get a little goosebumpy here but that was i just wanted to set the stage for why tony hawks pro skater was such a huge thing and it was such a great like continuation to ride that wave of momentum that and that
1: was only a month before the game was actually released the very first right.
0: one yeah so they were it was kind of being in development and i I believe Tony Hawk's name was attached to it later on in development um, in large part because of X games and different things like that. They were going to be making pro skater, um, but it just wasn't Tony Hawk's pro skater. Of course the game was made by Activision. It released first on the PlayStation then a year later on the Nintendo 64, because there were some formatting issues with of course PlayStation being the disc space. They could fit more stuff on it. They had to figure out how a way to kind of cram it into the N64 cartridge. And you know, the expansion pack on the N64 kind of helped with that too um but being able to go to my friend's house and be like okay dude let's play tony hawk come on let's do it and we would sit there for absolute hours playing tony hawk's pro skater and what was cool too was it wasn't just all these names that we saw in the x games the the characters that you had on you had guys like chad muska and kareem campbell that didn't do the big contest they're like no man we're not selling out we're not doing that we're not doing x games you know Because being a sellout was still, you know, that was like, oh, you can't do that, right? And uh, we saw that, of course, that was right about the same time that Real Big Fish had the hit single uh, sellout. Um, Shout out to them. They're still touring when it's not COVID. Oh, my
1: God.
0: Um, Yep. uh, I went to their (laughs) last concert uh, here a couple years ago, um, which was uh, pretty awesome still. They can still rock hard. Um, But, yeah, that's to say, you know, uh, you saw – Oh, it's a steamer, right? A female skateboarder. We had never seen that. That was nothing. And now like, fast forward to today's skateboarding world. We see uh, people like Leticia Buffoni uh, that are making a living as females in skateboarding. And no one's saying like, Oh, well, okay, but she's the girl. So she's not as good. And that she stands toe to toe equals with a lot of these guys. Oh hell, hell yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with Leticia Buffoni, I would suggest that you do so. Um, and, but, you know, getting back to the game, you know, I, that was my first experience was getting the phone call from my buddy, Matt, and being like, yo, get your boat over here right now. Cause Tony, okay. I just got the Tony Hawk game. Right. So I don't know. What was your, what was your first experience kind of picking up the sticks and, and dropping in for the first time?
1: So for me, Tony Hawk pro skater, I, I can't recall if I initially played it on the PlayStation or the Nintendo 64. I want to say it was Nintendo 64 because I was just so such a freaking diehard Nintendo fan. And sure. later down the years, me and Sony, just there's some things that they've done and said against Nintendo, which just kind of irked me the wrong way. <laughs> so I am Nintendo above Sony all the way. Um, don't even get me started on that topic. I could talk on that for hours, but let's just Perhaps say a topic for of, another
0: time. <laughs>
1: perhaps, perhaps, but I'm pretty sure it on Nintendo 64, so I played it a little bit later. Now, growing up as an only child, all of the games that I played pretty much were, were first-person games. Like You don't play with other people. It's just, it's just you on your adventure on your own, and I'm pretty introverted, too, and I kind of like to keep to myself, so to me, that was perfect. I do remember Tony Hawk Pro Skater being one of the very few and only games that kind of took me out of that bubble and had me play with my my friends in the neighborhood. We were actually riding bikes to each other's houses and and play Tony Hawk and play together. And it was one of those one of those games that made it so much fun just because of the different tasks and the different freedoms that you had while playing this game. And it was just so so completely refreshing and, and 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 insane like the the energy I, I honestly i can put myself in that in that bedroom where we would all play we would play at my one of my friend's houses in the neighborhood and i can just feel the energy when we were able to to complete like one of those hard tasks or just to have the best run of our lives and just the excitement and just like oh i can't wait to get my hands to that controller and go next
0: so, yeah and and i think that's like a hit at that time where we were still playing games on couches with each other right like mm-hmm. now if you were and I were to play the new Tony Hawk game that's coming out tomorrow uh, or today, if you're listening to the day that this this drops, we're, we would play that together from our own houses, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a different kind of feel to it. But yeah, I mean I played – I don't remember hardly ever being alone playing that game. It was really? always with someone. It was always like trading the controller back and forth, passing it back and forth. Uh, you know oh man i can't get this part and then you hand it to your buddy and then your buddy nails it and then you know pass it back oh i can't get to that secret tape oh well here you go right so and like you mentioned like there was you know high score challenges there was uh you had to collect the letters for skate it's kind of like a you know there was there was different modes kind of built into these levels and these levels were pretty big for the time um i felt like you know they were huge for the time. I mean, we're talking PlayStation one and Nintendo 64. So the idea that they had these big playable levels where you could get on the roof where you could, you know, jump this, or you can wall ride up this thing and you go to these different areas. Uh, it was really awesome. And uh, I'll take a step back to talk about the soundtrack for the first game. The soundtrack for the first yeah. game was awesome. So, I mean, you had, you know, guys like Primus, you had dead Kennedys, uh, you had uh, the Vandals, all these, like, classic, like, bands that were associated with skateboarding. And then there was this, you know, little-known band out of California called Goldfinger um, that became the hit song on the soundtrack with their song Superman. Um, and we talked briefly before, you know, I clicked the record button again. But, you know, Goldfinger, the lead singer Goldfinger, John Feldman, tells a story about how he was, uh, you know, Goldfinger was touring and opening for a major act. And nobody cared when they took the stage nobody danced nobody moved they're playing their asses off and then they play superman and instantly the crowd goes oh i like that song i played tony hawk's pro skater and then instantly the entire building erupts and starts dancing and playing to their music so the impact of this game from both a video game perspective and also from a cultural perspective we got big music coming out of this and big you know Guys, John Feldman and Goldfinger still tour today. So, you know, it's one of those things where livelihoods were changed completely. And I think, too, like we mentioned earlier, having a person like Alyssa Steamer in the game or Kareem Campbell, who's a, you know an African-American skateboarder, that should, that kind of representation got more people involved in skateboarding and different action sports and then, you know, being able to get people into different music. Um, I don't think the impact of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater in 1999 um, and in 2000 when it released on the Nintendo 64 it can really be discredited. I think it's a, a really awesome game. Um, I think it was huge, just period, across the board. Um, and it was not the only one they made, Sandy. <laughs>
1: not at all. But going back to what you just said, so it's crazy to think that we were, we were kind of able to be a part of, of that historic release in that game and how the different impacts that it had in, in music, in pro skating, in video games, in pop culture, and we didn't even know it because back then, I mean, you're just playing yeah. a video game. You're playing it with your friends, and one of the main reasons why I think that game where we were able to play with our friends, hands down, the music. I remember the music to this day. Oh yeah. And uh, and it just because there was no because it was a like a free task kind of video game where you didn't have a specific kind of like a adventure like they did in the later games which to my opinion is why they didn't do so well but we'll get mm-hmm. to that you know it, it made it more fun it made it more like like a party like the only games that I can really think of <laughs> I just said party but yeah Mario Party you know when you're passing the controllers around right hey with Tony to with that music it just honestly felt like you were just having a party with your closest friends when we were very young and just having the time of our lives and it's crazy to think that we were a part of that impact that they were that that game was able to to put in our in our childhood
2: and yeah that yeah. Going.
0: yeah i mean it i it, looking back on it now as an adult i just say like okay because of tony hawk because of x games because of tony hawk's bro skater being released uh i got into skateboarding i tried my damnedest i was never any good at it i went <laughs> to skate i went to skate i went to skate parks i rode ramps you know i got hurt uh you know and even like it changed how we went to the toy stores. I don't know if you remember tech decks, but every every time I got a toy at the toy store, it was a tech deck. And it was like, oh man, that one's a birdhouse tech deck. That one's got Tony Hawk's logo on it, right? Or, you know, that one's got, you know, Bucky Lassick, or, you know, that one's got so-and-so. And so so it became like this, this huge rooted part of our culture. And it happened without us even really knowing about it, right? It just kind of bled into it. And I think that just speaks to the nature of what, skateboarding is and and how freeing the experience of skateboarding actually is if you've never tried to learn how to skateboard it's a very yeah it's it's odd because it is an action sport but it's also very expressive and no two people skate the same way right Mm -hmm. it's 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 a creative thing it's a you know it's it's awesome and you know we talk about professional wrestling no two people wrestle the exact same way they're it's an art form it's expression self-expression in the same way skateboarding carries that way too um but, you know, not to get too, too much into the philosophical, um, because we have <laughs> about 40 more Tony Hawk games to talk about. Oh, my God. But no, we're yeah. not going to talk about all of them. <laughs> don't, don't turn off the podcast. Stick with us here. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with us here. <laughs> but I, I will call out here and uh, the amount of platforms that you can play Tony Hawk on. You want to take a stab at how many uh, different systems or handhelds or things you can play them on?
1: Oh, my gosh. No, hold on. All, freaking all of them. I know they had a game. Tony Hawk's, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 came out on, I know on GameCube. I know they had a Game Boy Color version. I know Xbox 360, the original Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. Oh, my, everything. So I don't know the number. What's the number, Josh?
0: There are 20 different platforms, 20, that oh you can gosh. play a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game on. Sandy. You can't do that with any other game series. I'm willing to bet. And what's crazy is, it, you know, I don't know if you remember the shortly lived Engage uh, handheld system, um, but it, there was a Tony Hawk game on that too, so that counts. You know, the what now? The Engage, in dash gauge.
1: Yep, I was like, what?
0: Yeah, that thing. I <laughs> came back to me. Uh If we ever talk about systems and handhelds uh, that didn't work you know, a la, uh, Virtual Boy or ColecoVision, if you Virtual want to go Boy really, old school. it was great.
1: ahead of its time. Damn it, it, I hate that that failed.
0: It was, <laughs> it was ahead of its time, but also caused a lot of back issues, but that's not what we're talking about today. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <So> get <getting laughs> me started, Josh. But no, I know it, that's, you yeah, know, maybe that's something for another time. I do get requests uh, for uh, throwback systems uh, to cover here. So if you want to uh, hear us talk about Virtual Boy, let us know. Um, it might be lumped in with some other things because I don't know your experience with it, Sandy, but uh, mine was limited because I was like, "Man, I, I'm done with this." Um, I played Mario <laughs> Tennis like three times. I was like, "Man, I, I can't play this. I'm not gonna like because oh. you had to kind of like lay prone like you're a, a sniper in the military, uh, just <laughs> because this, this, the stand was terrible." We're, we're getting off topic here, but you know, just for you know, a little sneak preview if we ever decide to talk about Virtual Boy in the future. There you um, go. But you know, ironically, uh, Virtual Boy did not have a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game because it failed before it could. Um, so yeah. they had a, a fantastic two follow-ups to the original game. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 are two of the highest rated games, uh, not only on the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, um, but cool. of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, IGN at the time, and uh, Game Informer at the time, uh, I was a big Game Informer kid. I think both of those publications uh, gave Tony Hawk's Pro Skater three, like a nine point five, and like two a ten, uh, if I, my memory serves. Um, but I mean, they were just flawless. And and what I what I appreciate is when you have a video game series that you're starting, it would have been so easy for them to say. Let's just do Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 again, but with some different skaters or maybe a couple new moves or just different levels, right? But they continue to push the boundaries. They continue to innovate. They added, you know, things like manualing for combos and reverts and different things like that to expand what you really could do. It didn't have to just be linking grinds and linking, you know, wall rides and things like that. And they did expand the roster. They did, you know, so... Um, you know 2 and 3 were awesome uh, i don't know how much you got to play those sandy
2: i
1: i remember playing them but i just my my memory just does not serve me right when it comes to it, especially when putting when putting them apart from one another they did they added things to the original gameplay which was a safe route and i guess for i, I know to me if a, if a game or like a, even a band you know as as time goes if you're staying the same you're not you're not progressing you know right. but some people enjoy the fact that when 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 their favorite band changes the way they sound musically or when their pro wrestler changes a character and it's not the same person anymore some people don't like that for the first right. few games it worked out in their favor by not doing by not making too crazy of changes, you know. The, the gameplay itself stayed about the same. They added a few new things, new music, new, new, new tasks, new things that you can do. But overall, right. the gameplay stayed pretty similar.
0: Yeah, which,
1: so which
0: the first route and- No, yeah, the first four games, uh, the numerical releases, uh, so Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one through four, followed the kind of same format. They're all really well done. Yeah, eventually you get the creative skater mode, which I spent so much time on. Um, but uh-huh. just, it just I pulled up the uh, the scores for those games on Metacritic. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 has a 98 on Metacritic, mm-hmm. and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 has a 97 on Metacritic, and then 4 has a 94. Um, so that was, I mean, those games are all huge, huge success. And then you start to see this branch off right where like to go back to music, maybe your favorite band has been operating within who they are. They're figuring out, you know, some new chord structures. They're figuring out how to play their songs better, make some new hits that way. But then they release an album that is completely different. Some of the fans really like it. Say, Oh, that's cool. This is different. I'll get, I'm behind this. And then some of the fans say, wow, this is pure shit. And I will never listen to this band again. And that's what we got with Tony Hawk, uh, which they didn't even call it pro, uh, Pro Skater. They called it Tony Hawk Underground. And Tony Hawk Underground was a very, very, very big risk for them to take because it wasn't the traditional Tony Hawk formula. It wasn't the Pro Skater formula. And it added things like walking around with your board in your hand and climbing ladders and doing things like that which at the time felt really cool, but looking back on it, it left behind the the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater gameplay, and it kind of became a victim of the times because now Bam Margera's in the games, and now we're incorporating a lot of the cast of Jackass,
2: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> including in Tony Hawk's Underground 2, uh, you play as Steve-O riding a mechanical bull. And what? Yeah, I, if you didn't play Tony Hawk's Underground 2... You do not have to, um, but every every level had their own secret character that you could play. And when the Barcelona level, you play as Steve O riding a mechanical bull, and doing grinds with a mechanical bull is about just ranks <laughs> up there with the stupidest shit you can do in a video game. Period. <laughs> and,
1: I'm so intrigued.
0: <laughs> you know, you probably get the game cheap at a local game store uh, if you wanted to. Um, I don't recommend it, but you know, it, it, but we see a departure here, and and obviously, you know, I it seems like you kind of dropped off when we went to the undergrad route here, Sandy. Is that right?
1: It, it you're absolutely right. I may have dropped off at like pro skater uh, three. Um, like I, said, I can't really distinguish them very well. The 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 few the first ones were just done so well. They kind of had the same format, same gameplay, and it just kept getting better and better by adding things that just enhance the game overall in the gameplay without changing too much. And then, yes, of course, when Underground came, lots of changes. You have your, the silliness that you just described and then the adventure mode. Do you recall when those kind of came about? I know...
0: Yeah, I so that's, that started my friend's with...
1: House. I'm like, what is this?
0: Yeah, that started with Underground, right? Where you could walk around, the because the levels were massive. Um, and you basically walked around and, and got side quests, like an RPG style, from different, you know people, city folk, you know, or like Bear Margera standing there is like, hey, man, go go graffiti this wall uh, by doing a wall ride. And, it, I mean, it's just, it's silly shit. Like, it, it really is. Um, and, you know, I think there's, I think if you've ever watched uh, Viva La Bam, I'm pretty sure there's an appearance by, uh, you know, Don Vito, um, Bam's uncle. I mean, it's just, it's all kinds of, you know, it, it, it's really, it, like I said. In say, the game? Yeah, it it and I'm maybe my memory is just pushing all those together because when I think Bam Margera, that's what I think. Um, but a lot of that is just um, it became it became almost a victim of of popular culture uh, of what was on yeah. MTV at that time. Um,
1: it's one of those but, things where yeah, you have this super popular game, people are buying it no matter what. Let's just add all this extra shit, make more money, get more money right. out of it.
0: And yeah,
1: just, it just didn't pay off.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, we have the Undergrounds. Um, they're kind of, you know, they're, mid, they're there's kind of a mixed reception, like I said. And then we get uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, um, which kind of kept that thing. It's uh, that same kind of walk around and do things. Um, but then for whatever reason, they decided in American Wasteland, oh, let's also have you ride a BMX bike too. So you could switch between BMX bikes and skateboards, and like, I don't know if you ever played Dave Mira's freestyle BMX, which was modeled in the made by Activision and modeled in the same way that Tony Hawk's pro skater was, but that was, a if you want to play a BMX game, go play the, the, uh, Dave Mira game. And ex- actually, excuse me, I misspoke. Matt Hoffman had to get the pro BMX, which was made by Activision, which was copied uh, pro skater, but Dave Mira mm-hmm. had a game out, uh, rest in peace, Dave Mira. Um, and Matt Hoffman, the Condor, of course, uh, had a BMX game out. But then with Tony Hawk's American Ways, they're like, hey, fuck it, put it in. <laughs> you know, you want to ride a bike? Ride a bike. You want to ride, ride your skateboard? Ride your skateboard. You want to walk around? Walk around. And it was just like, <laughs> man, I, you know, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know about this. And it was, uh, it was when we really started to see a decline. And, and I don't want to go through game by game here. Um, but American Wasteland, um, Project 8, which was just because it was the eighth game that they had made, um, and then Proving Ground, all just kind of fell flat. They didn't – there's nothing to talk about with them. They're not good. You know, when we were used to seeing these games rank in the nines, and those games started kind of getting down into like the fives and the sixes on those publications. And for a, a big, big release game like Tony Hawk, to get a really low score in a game informer, a magazine that is notoriously well known for pumping those numbers up for the big release games, um, and giving out higher rank, higher ratings to keep, you know, drive sales for those games, um, for them to turn around and be like, we can't, our journalistic integrity at this video no. game magazine, we can't even give you a fluff number. Like this game's a five or this game's a four and they just kept getting worse and worse. Um, Until we really, and I cannot emphasize this enough, we really hit the bottom of the barrel with the motion controls, uh, skateboard controllers. (laughs) Um, They did three. I only remember one, but they did three three? games. They did three games, Sandy, using a skateboard (laughs) peripheral.
1: What? I don't even remember this at all.
0: I'm, well, I'm envious of you because I do remember them. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Sandy and I both in our past uh, worked at a uh, giant uh, uh, retail store. It's a, uh, you know, a square, square shape, uh, blue paint, uh, and they have a yellow logo. Uh, rhymes with shmishmai. Um But, <laughs> you know, not, not the, you know, badly. we worked there at different times. We actually worked at the same store. Uh, but I left and then she kind of went there and then, you know, we worked at a different company, but at different times. And when I left, she came there. It's kind of, you know, this weird kind of, uh, you know, follow the leader game that we've been playing without knowing each other. Um, but when I was at that store, right. when I was at that retail store, the, uh, the Nintendo rep came in because they were really excited to show off this new skateboard peripheral for the new Tony Hawk game exclusive to the Nintendo Wii it was like, yes, Nintendo has their exclusive Tony Hawk game now. and uh, mm-hmm. the skateboard peripheral never worked ever. We literally installed it in the store and she's like, go ahead try it out. and four of us tried it and it was pure garbage. And oh. apparently they decided to just triple down on it and make three of them using a skateboard peripheral. like I, said, I remember one. Maybe in the back of my mind, if I stretch real hard, I remember a second one with like a reinforced skateboard peripheral because people were breaking them because, hello, <laughs> you're you're standing on it. Um, it was not good. It was not good. It goes the, – the Tony Hawk skateboard peripheral goes into the uh, rubbish bin of bad peripheral items, bad accessories uh, throughout time. It goes in with the power glove. It goes in with the duck hunt light zapper. It goes in with oh. the roll, the rolling rocker. It goes in with you know you you think of a bad accessory that didn't work the way it was supposed to. Um, like did you ever you did you ever play the uh, game track and field on the Nintendo? That mm-hmm. had the the mat like you literally had a mat where you would like run in place on the mat, and then you were supposed to be like doing actual track and field events on this mat. And so you would literally just sit there and like run your feet right. Well, guess what? It didn't work when you ran on your feet, so every single one of us would be laying on our bellies and just drum rolling on on the really? controller. Well, listen, you still got your arm workout in, okay? And it, but it wasn't Thank responsive you. to your feet, and you couldn't move your feet fast enough to beat the the uh, AI in the game. But that's a side right there. So, but I uh, have to say, uh, just never ever bother. If you see a local video game store, they have a bundle where they're selling you like downhill jam and the skateboard peripheral and it's super cheap, like 15 bucks, go buy yourself like Chipotle for lunch. Instead you'll, it will be, it'll have a longer lasting positive effect on you than (laughs) playing this game. I promise.
1: All right. Here's my positive spin on that. These are, this is is only on on the Nintendo Wii, right? Because at that time, yeah. It yeah. wasn't when when did PlayStation try to do the no, it wasn't even it wasn't even uh, yeah, the,
0: the PlayStation move was later, yeah.
2: Uh, so
1: and
0: then Connect was, was around the same time. time. and i'm not I'm not a connect or a move. I, I hate motion controls for the most part. Uh, I think the switch has done a good job with it, but that's a topic for another time.
1: Oh, hell yeah. My positive spin on that is that Nintendo, they're so great at trying new things. Sometimes they fail, but hey, when they fail, they get back up even even faster even stronger even better so i will always have nintendo's back damn it <laughs> have for having them try so i actually do want to try that that motion skater thing you're talking about maybe i can find it I'm, know, sure, know, can know, I'm sure you know i'm sure there's Personal a look
0: <laughs> i'm sure yeah if you do find it and you do try it uh maybe you know have logan uh your boyfriend uh, videotape you uh trying it and we'll throw it up on twitter um and then we could we could oh, see yeah. you try to uh to play downhill jam
1: um on a hunt
0: yeah i mean good luck with that right so (laughs) but uh you know and so you know after that they did go back to a numerical release kind of back to the basics but before that they got their lunch eaten by another skateboard franchise and this might this might be the only time that we talk about this series and i want to give it its due we won't do a deep dive into all of the games um but it was just called skate it was produced by uh, EA Black Box. and I absolutely loved the pure skateboard feel of skate because it was a more traditional sim. It wasn't arcade. You you weren't doing you know twelve sixty vario heel flips. Uh, you weren't you know doing triple front flips. You were doing
2: very quite literally mechanical.
0: very mechanical. You were doing real skateboard moves, and when you were able to link like a flip into a grind and a flip out that felt so good mm-hmm. but i don't know what was, what was your experience with that series uh sandy
1: not very much to me it was actually quite difficult <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i just could never freaking get it so i i didn't own it i remember when it came out actually years later it may not have been the original one um i would go over to my friend. I think it was my friend Josh's house. Oh, so many Josh's that I know. Different,
0: different get Josh. Started. Hey, bring it around.
1: My buddy Josh. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Josh and Tiago. And I think my friend Riley, like they would have it and they would get together and they would have people over. And I would just kind of like watch them play. And a couple of times I got to maybe go around playing it, maybe at my other friend's house. But I like I never had enough time to really figure out what the heck was going on. But I just remember watching it. And it's like, yeah, I was skateboarding video game at its purest form. Completely... Mechanical, very, mm. and it was engineered that way. Exactly what you said. It's taking it back to the basics. No, no fancy goofy video game stuff. Um, so they right. even kind of went above and beyond that initial pro skater, um, Tony Hawk's pro skater style.
0: Yeah, because you know, pro skater, like you said, it was very arcade. It was very, you know, try and get a million points. And then uh, skate was actually spearheaded by Rob Dyrdek, um who you know uh, from his MTV shows. Um, I forget what the name of his current show is, where he watches the the stupid people on the internet crash and burn. Um,
1: ridiculousness.
0: Uh, ridiculousness. Thank you. Um, you know, so Rob Dyrdek, who is a pro skateboarder, um, uh, very involved with DC Shoes and different things like that. Um, he kind of spearheaded this project um, and I really enjoyed it. And it, it was a vacuum that, that this pro skater games created for themselves of Hey, there needs to be a skateboard game out in the market, and, and we can't make a good one now for some reason. And then he stepping, in, you know, uh, EA comes out with a, with a couple of bangers, Skate One through Three, we're all really good. Um, you know, uh, it's one of those things that you just, you just, you're thankful that you got it. And there's, you know, a rumored Skate Four in production, so that might be coming back, um, which everyone's Ooh. pretty stoked about. That was like a big thing on Twitter a few months ago um but yeah so i i don't want to just gloss over the fact that tony hawk did have competition throughout the years most of it was pretty bad um but skate was one that stood out and people really liked and still really like um you know i mean disney Josh, uh, i have a
1: question for you yeah did you ever play jet set radio
0: this is going to hurt my cred some uh but no i did not oh. Oh, I have to I show you
1: this article because I saw it making the rounds not too long ago. I think it's because you know Tony Hawk doing the new video game coming out tomorrow or already out, depending on when you heard our podcast. Um, but Jetset, Jetset Radio was so cool, and the fact like we mentioned earlier, how Tony Hawk had this had this like alternative lifestyle type of um, influence where. Maybe in the later in the later games you were able to, to tag a wall, and they kind of incorporated that into the older games, or even going back to the beginning Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, where it was okay. This is alternative culture when it comes to skateboarding and and, and listening to punk and and thrash and listening to that kind of music. Mm-hmm. It was all the alternative, and that's pretty much like you mentioned. It shaped your life. It shaped my life some. But Jet Set Radio is one that I felt like I can't go unnoticed, and a lot of people didn't actually get to play this game. I believe it originally uh, released in the Sega. Um, so was it the Dreamcast? It was the even... Dreamcast, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, in the Dreamcast, and it was you were actually skating on on uh, roller skates, so it's not pro skating, but they go around, and they tag, and the music for that was kind of very similar to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater where it was it was just so different and some, some underground music was in there so you were able to discover new, new bands, new songs, new music. And the whole point of it, I can't, oh God, I wish I still had it. I would freaking play it right now. You would skate around town, you would do kind of like an arcade thing, but you would tag the walls and you would do tricks with your rollerblades and you kind of sure. are in this urban atmosphere. It was such a cool, fun game. And I am going to try to hunt it down so that we can play it because I feel like this is one of those very, very indie, very small games in that similar pro skating underground alternative sure. kind of genre. I guess you could name it. And it came out in 2000, 2000, if I'm not mistaken. I have, I have to pull up more information, but it kind of just popped in my head because I know I saw an article going around on Facebook saying that hey, yeah, Tony Tony Pro Skater is a shit, but also if you didn't play Jet Set Radio, you missed out on a big one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have a buddy that's a really big fan of that game, and and. You know, like you said, not a lot of people got to play it because the Dreamcast was, and this is you know perhaps a good topic for another show. But the Dreamcast had a a weird release time. It was ahead of what the generation was. They they tried to jump the gun, and it was expensive. Not a lot of families could afford it, and the controller was wonky. Um, you know, it's a love or hated controller. You know, find out, and in a lot of ways, the GameCube was too. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the influence of other games trying to jump in, right. I mentioned those BMX games, tried to, to capitalize on it. There was a game called aggressive inline that tried to to, to jump in on it. Um, the game is not very good. It's very bad. <laughs> um, it, you can literally probably find it for 99 cents uh, to $2 on your, at your local game store. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, eventually Sean white, they tried to make a Sean white skateboarding game because like, Oh, maybe Tony Hawk's not marketable anymore maybe do a younger phase. Well, Sean White also had a pro snowboarding game. Uh, Snowboarding kind of became a big thing when the Winter X Games came out. And all these different games are made because of Pro Skater in 99. And and I I truly believe that. Disney made a skateboarding game. Did you know that, Sandy?
1: I had no idea. What?
0: Yeah, so Disney makes this game called Disney's Extreme Skate Adventure. And it is exactly what it sounds like it is a uh, skateboarding game where you're, you know, taking like Woody and Buzz and young Tarzan and Simba and you're skateboarding with them. True story. Um, But it was like, it was, it was dumbed down for kids. It was, it was all like one button skateboarding, right? You could turn on one button skateboarding. So you could just sit there and mash the A button and get a bunch of points. And like, you know, okay. Like there's a level where you have to fight like Emperor Zerg by like Oh you have to go and you know grind these things and it shoots you know weapons at them and it is it's some goofy stuff but you know I just bring it up to say like uh there was some wild stuff that came out of the fact that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was so successful um because thank god Disney never tried to make another one again I remember renting it like when I was it came out when I was like 13 14 years old I was like well I don't know what else to play so I was at Blockbuster uh, RIP Blockbuster um And uh, I just picked it up for, like, a quick rental, and I was, like, I I was done with it in maybe three hours, four hours. I beat the game. So, yeah, it was pretty small. But I will say, weirdly enough, they did incorporate music that wasn't Disney music. So, like, Sell Out by Real Big Fish was on that game. It was really strange to be listening to Real Big Fish and doing kickflips uh, with Buzz Lightyear. So, it's a wild experience. If you find it, you know, maybe give yourself an hour of fun. It was just some weird shit. I don't know. So funny. It really is. And you know, so you know, we're talking. You know, we do all these different things. Uh, but you know, they decided, okay, we figured out what the problem was. The problem was is that people liked our new releases and not all the other shit that we did. So they shoehorned and half-assed Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five. Uh, which has Lil Wayne as a playable character? Did you know? Did you ever think that you would have a skateboarding game where Lil Wayne was a playable character, Sandy?
1: Damn it! No, I had no idea this happened.
0: It did, and I actually own the what? game. To,
1: to be fair, on on Lil Wayne's point, so he actually, you know, we had the the skateboarding competitions. I forget what it's freaking called. That was never. But once I was a young adult, I didn't really get too much into that. But he would go over to the Skateboard of Tampa for the competitions there. He like would. He, yeah. he loved it. Yeah, so
2: think,
0: he's – kind of legit, he's... but
1: so I don't need yeah.
0: him in my video games. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not, it was not a uh, anything that I needed. You know, maybe if we were talking about, like, the the, the uh, Death Jam fighting games, uh, you know, Lil Wayne would be something that you would be excited to play as, right? Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 comes out, and it is the worst-rated – Numerical series entry by a long shot. The meta score uh, on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 is 38. Which is a severe drop off from the 94 that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 had. So, you know, they they shoehorn stuff. They tried to do uh, rail grab, uh, what they call it, snap, like rail snap-ons. Where if you were over the rail, you would push the grind button. And it would shoot you straight down onto the rail. Um, Which got I play, I've played it for maybe two hours tops. I own it. Uh, My son Nolan wanted to get into playing skateboard video games because he saw some like YouTube videos of some guys skateboarding. He asked if there was any games, so I went and bought Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 and I've not let him play it because it is pretty unplayable. Um, But you know, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake uh, is coming out now. Um, and it, we're recording on the day now that it's releasing. We're very early in the morning now, uh, and when we get off in, and are done recording, I might have to go play it a little bit uh, because it's downloading to my PS4 right now. Um, but they said, "Okay, none of this shit is working. What are we gonna do?" And then you know they got Tony, they got you know together, and they said, "Listen, uh, let's let's re-release one and two. Let's completely do it from the ground up. It's not Activision making the game anymore." It's uh, a new publisher, but they have all the original source code. Uh, so they're, they've completely revamped it. They've created this giant roster of people, and what's really cool is, is that it has the guys uh, and gals from the original games, uh, but at their present-day ages. So <gasps> Tony Hawk, awesome. so Tony Hawk's got his gray hair. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and I've been talking to you about it a little bit. I played the demo uh, quite a bit. The demo is only the warehouse level from the first one. The only playable character is Tony Hawk, but you are playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater as it is intended. There's there's no more walking around with your skateboard in your hand. There's no more, you know, Ben Margera telling you to go smack somebody on the ass. It's just, that's not part of it anymore, <laughs> right? Um, no more Little Wayne. <laughs> no, Well, I mean, I, I don't know. He might be a playable character in there. I don't know.
1: Oh, no, you, imagine? There's...
0: there's there's always secret skaters, right? There's always you know, the special, uh, you know, guys that you go through, and and uh, it's it'll be interesting to see what additions there are, what characters there are. There's a, a long standing secret character in the games named Officer Dick. If you know anything about skate culture, skate culture is uh, always butted heads with uh, with cops. Uh, a lot of it has Entire to do authority. with. right exactly anti-authority and also you know cops would chase you know skaters off spots like no you can't Mm -hmm. jump you know your skateboard down that 20 step uh spot there there's people walking what if you run into them right um which as a kid i'm like man you know what cops suck because they won't let us skate wherever we want and now i'm kind of like as an adult i'm like man i guess it kind of makes sense that you don't want to kick your board into somebody (laughs) right that's just walking down the street um but you know there's you know officer dick uh darth maul Was a playable character at one point, uh, Spider-Man. So you know it'll be interesting to see, uh, Mm you know, who we who we get as our uh, secret characters to unlock. But it is there's tons of pro skaters. Obviously, there's probably going to be a pretty robust creative skater thing. Um, You know, next week uh, maybe I'll just you know drop a quick, uh, hey, this is was what it was. Uh, This is how good it is. Kind of a quick review uh, next week. Um, But I mean, I think uh, you know. For me, Sandy, I, I could talk all night about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, but I won't. Um, but it was a huge part of my life. Um, I know it, it impacted your life, and whether or not you knew it or not, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater impacted the world around you, and it shaped what happened on our pro- and you know, on MTV. It shaped what happened on ESPN. It, there was a, a entire channel that Disney created for the X games and for action sports games that was called EXPN. It was short lived, but it still happened. So all of these things, all this culture that happened in the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, you know, it shaped, shaped my life. It shaped the music that I listened to. Um, it shaped, you know, the, the bumps and bruises that I got as a kid. Um, and then when I had the bumps and bruises, I go inside, I pick up the controller and I'd, you know, shred a little bit on Tony Hawk's Pro skater. And, you know, that's why I wanted to talk about it because, um you know with the new one coming out it brings me back you know at the first song that plays when you turn on the demo is superman by goldfinger um so you know it just, it just it just it's like a time warp back to childhood i'm really excited to play the new one uh and like i said you know next week i'll talk about it briefly uh because i've obviously talked way too much about tony Express skater for this episode and <laughs> probably enough for all future episodes combined um but you know with that yeah, you know, uh we we typically sign off uh, with a, a a game that we played or a, a match that we watched. Uh, what do you got this week?
1: Oh oh my gosh, you got me today. I don't think I have anything for you that I've watched this week. What did I watch this week? I'm gonna let you go first. Let me let me let me let me think on this week.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know. So. Uh... This week was uh, a pretty interesting week in wrestling. Uh, we have a, an outdoor show in New Japan at a baseball stadium, which I thought was pretty awesome. That was uh, the Summer Stronghold Jingu, and um, yeah, I mean, and, well, I think we're both going to the same. I think we're both. I think we're both going to the same spot. So I'll let you talk about it first. Uh, but you know, it wasn't the best match of the card. It wasn't the best, but it was a really cool, uh, really cool, fun match. Kind of correcting, uh, you know, replacing, sending New Japan right on the right track right before G1. I uh, mean, that was a uh, Naito uh, against Evil in the main event.
1: I freaking cry, Naito, for um, for you guys out there listening. He is one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. I absolutely adore that man. To me, I don't the whole. Evil winning both championships not too long ago to me that was just a tragedy. I was blown away. The turn I guess kind of makes sense because Los Bernales de Japón they they're, they're freaking baby faces. Yeah, they've been sure they've been called heels the entire time, but there's no way they needed to be baby faces. The way I guess the storyline kind of played out. Whatever it it happened. I was really upset right. that night to lost titles, but yeah, this kind of this was a redemption to that. Everything. Sonata coming out to help, and and Bushi coming out to help as well, which was one of the big questions last time. It's like why why did no one come out while this was happening last time? Only only um, Takahashi came out at the end. Yeah. Takahashi? Yes. And yep. to me, that was just kind of like what they're so they're so close knit. Why how how could it allow this to happen? So it was definitely a, a redemption um, story here. Like you said, the match itself was, was good. It was nothing spectacular. Uh, I think Nitro gave it his all. And, and Evil as a wrestler, you know what? He, I, I, to me personally, I believe he's a little limited. But when he wants to go, he can go. Um, yeah,
0: I think, uh, you know, uh, if you listen to uh, this week's Keeping It Strong Style, Jeremy and Josh number one, uh, we call him, of course, you know, Josh number one <laughs> because I'm the second Josh on the on the podcast network. Um, they do a really good job kind of outlining kind of you know, what the problem was with Evil in the main event picture. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not that evil is a bad wrestler. It's that he's not a main event uh, IWGP champion wrestler. And I, and I think uh, definitely go uh, listen to keeping a strong style this week. Cause they do a pretty good job of laying out uh, what the, uh, not to steal the name of the, the uh, new Japan show, but the summer struggle of having uh, evil uh, as the champion and, and all these multi-man matches and different things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really cool, powerful way to end that show. It's a really unique show. They haven't done an outside, that outside show in a really long time. It's been like 20 we,
2: years, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so we get, you know, Naito uh, posing tranquilo at the end with fireworks going off. Um, that was and of beautiful. Course, you know, he's, he's a well-known baseball fan. Um, and so he's in a baseball stadium running back his championships. All is right in the New Japan world as we head towards G1 there. Uh, of course, uh, definitely. In the
1: world.
0: Yeah, definitely tune into uh, keeping a strong style uh, for all your uh, New Japan stuff, especially for the G1 coverage. Um, I don't know that there's awards for that, but if there was awards or a Slammy or something to throw uh, for covering the G1, uh, keeping a strong style is the place to go and listen to that. And you know, with that, I, I do want
1: to
0: definitely, definitely, and you know, Josh and Jeremy know more about wrestling. uh, I've forgotten more about wrestling than I will ever know. Um, So definitely check those guys out. Check out One Nation Radio also. I want to plug those guys. Uh, Always doing a great job breaking down the the, uh, weekly stuff uh, that happens here in the U.S. with WWE and AEW. And they also talk about stardom some uh, because James, uh, who we affectionately refer to as Dr. Joshi, uh, loves uh, stardom quite a bit. Um, And then, you know, Ricky and Clive uh, breaking down some stuff um and also check out all things elite for all things aew um and we have a new show uh that's uh launched on the podcast network too covering lucha underground so definitely you know stay tuned to your social suplex podcast network thread stay tuned to the show threads download us wherever you get your podcasts i do want to remind you again to go to manscaped.com use the promo code suplex to save 20 percent and get free shipping and of course if you're one of the next three people to make a purchase with the promo code Suplex, send us that receipt, that proof of purchase to socialsuplex at gmail.com, and you will get all out for free. And, uh, Sandy, before we sign off, I do want to make sure that we point everyone to our Pro Wrestling Tee store for the Social Suplex Podcast Network, because not only because you can get your Keeping It Strong style shirt, not only because you can get your One Nation Radio shirt, not only because you can get your, their, your Network shirt, but because we have a shirt on there. You can get your official eight bit suplex shirt. It's pretty cheap. It's only twenty bucks, and it's unique as far as uh, wrestling or wrestling podcast shirts go because it's not a black shirt. <laughs> oh my God, all wrestling is
1: just so known. and and for me too, with uh with the music that I listen to, all black shirts. it's so hard to find a different color shirt. So if you is... have that for you, definitely pick it up. And this weekend, remember they are doing twenty. 20- percent off of your purchase with code labor day. That's in you can buy not just our shirt but all the shirts that Josh just mentioned for the so- social Suplex Network. Definitely support your favorite podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and if you uh if you check us out on uh, Twitter it's at 8 Suplex. You check Sandy at, at SailorZelda, myself at I think it's Laughlin Joshua. I don't know why I did that. It's not my entire last name. <laughs> It's not, and then it's my full first name. I don't know what I was doing. I didn't, <laughs> we, we, we've mentioned before, I think on air, and maybe we haven't, but we've talked about it, Sandy. I am horrible at Twitter, um, but I'm getting better. And I have not tweeted from my personal um, something for 8 bit, and I've not tweeted anything 8 bit from my, per, you know, and vice versa. So yeah, I'm getting the hang of it. Uh, but my, you know, I'll make sure that we have all of our usernames uh, in there. Um, check us out on uh, Instagram at social Suplex uh at social suplex on twitter as well uh and then you know check out sandy's matches on fight.tv um Yo. i don't i don't have any matches for you to point at me and i don't have any other projects <laughs> so just you know watch sandy a bunch um and then other than that i i got nothing else sandy you got anything else before we say goodbye
1: josh i wanted to tell you, show you my beautiful background on my uh iphone i don't know if you can see it
0: oh yes i can it's Nito with, uh, with the fireworks. We'll we'll uh we'll post that on the we'll post it on the A Fit Suplex uh Twitter there Sandy's phone back background and I she did show it to me uh through Skype it is in fact uh, Naito uh posing with fireworks my background uh is just children uh, my children specifically oh. if it was somebody else's children it would be you know pretty That'd different be weird. so you know oh,
2: he's so cute. Oh, he's I got
0: so cute. I got cute kids I know well we're dilly dallying because we're late and we're tired and we're, we're getting to the sign off point so. Um, <laughs> I don't got anything else. Sandy, you good? No, we are good. I
1: can't wait for you guys to listen to next week's episode. Please give us feedback. Let us know what you want to um, hear from us, what you guys guys want us to talk about, video games. And, of course, we're going to be covering Impact Wrestling next week. Can't wait for that show. It's going to be a banger. There's going to be some good matches. I can just feel it. Um, But definitely interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Check out our t shirt Check out our socials. Make sure you subscribe to our feeds. Remember, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, um, you'll be able to find us. And thank you so much for the support. We love you guys.
0: Yep, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you this time next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.